Hi, I'm Steve Mabb, Chair of the Australian Shareholders Association, and we're proud to be hosting the 2024 Investor Conference in Melbourne from the 19th to the 21st of May. And we're stoked that Phil, the host of this podcast, is going to be our special guest MC. If you haven't heard much about the ASA Conference, it's a flagship event that attracts around 300 investors and industry professionals, including the Chair of National Australia Bank this year, the Chair of AGL. We have Dr. Sam Hupert, the founder and CEO of Primedicus, and we've also got Richard White, the founder and CEO of WiseTech coming along, along with many others. For a limited time, new members can enjoy special pricing on registration for the upcoming conference, along with a complimentary 12-month digital membership with the ASA. That's two-day conference registration plus one-year ASA membership for $499, a saving of $150. Simply search for Australian Shareholders Conference Register, click on two-day conference non-member, enter the discount code MEM, as in member, 499, the number's 499, so that's MEM 499 to claim your special offer. Come along and meet me and Phil at the conference. We look forward to seeing you there. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shares for Beginners. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're lucky enough to put $1,000 into a stock and it goes up 75%, give yourself a pat on the back. Great, you've made $750. But if your $1,000 investment goes down 75%, you need it to go back up 400% before you back up to evens. Investing in volatility comes with significant risk. That can be catastrophic for what your financial situation looks like over the next decade. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. Ted Richards is a behavioural, economics and investment expert. He hosts the Richards Report podcast and is a former AFL player for the Sydney Swans and Essendon. Ted is currently the Head of Distribution at Investment Management Service, Six Park. Hi, Ted. Thanks for having me on, Phil. Oh, it's good to have you back on. You were, I think, my fourth or fifth guests a couple of years ago. Well, uh, yeah, it's funny how probably wasn't that long ago in terms of a a timeline, but so much has happened since then. (laughs) Which we're going to be covering today. So uh, just a a quick recap, Ted, you didn't waste any time playing footy. You picked up a Bachelor of Commerce from the University of New South Wales and then went on to complete your Masters of Applied Finance. So does your education feel a little bit at odds with what's been going on in the market over the last year or so? Yeah, Phil, I won't lie, like to a certain extent that we are kind of seeing a bit of a disconnect there in that we've been through a recession or we're in the middle of a recession. At some stage, we'll kind of know. But for now, in a recession, what we're seeing is household savings actually going up, which isn't what you typically see. We're seeing new car sales boom and housing prices up. So that's kind of one anomaly. Another is the printing of money, which typically very quickly provides a spike in inflation. And we haven't seen that yet. So there are a few peculiar things kind of going on, but if the textbook were right 100% of the time, investing would be easy. And we do see anomalies play out from time to time. And what's probably a reason for that is the recession that we're going through was caused by a viral event and not an economic event, which they usually are, such as a big bust or the popping of a bubble. 
which can often be the catalyst for recessions and why the savings rate and new car sales and housing prices drop. And with interest rates, that is one of the main drivers of equity prices, isn't it? It's become really clear that the interest rates really do have such a significant impact on equity market prices. Yeah, I know this is shares for beginners, but you know, to get a bit technical, um, the professionals, when they're modelling and doing valuations of businesses, will use the risk-free rate, often you know the interest rate, factored into their model and discount that backwards in time. So that can often mean that, yeah, without getting too technical, that it can increase the valuation of the business. And it looks like, well, at the time of recording, the RBA is saying that rates are going to stay lower, certainly for a fair bit longer. I know we're talking about beginners, but it is one thing that I've picked up doing the podcast is that um, interest rates have this knock-on effect through the whole economy. And it's also the rate that businesses and companies can borrow money for really does have a dramatic impact. Yeah. I think there's been a few fund managers that have come out and spoken about the fact that, you know, when interest rates do go up, they may see that, you know, the valuations of those businesses change, but it's very hard predicting the future. Who knows? So you've recently written about the GameStop phenomenon and another lesser-known company, Rocket. What's happening here? Yeah, so it certainly has got a lot of traction, but I think ultimately when you boil it down, it comes back just to a new way that people are pumping and dumping a stock. And a pump and dumps, for those that have never heard of that term, it's kind of a bit of an old school way just to kind of pump up a share price. And usually it's done with illiquid smaller stocks that don't have the market depth of, say, a blue chip stock like a Commonwealth Bank or something where through online trading forums or other means, you can really pump up and hype up a share price through lies, through all sorts of mechanisms. And in the GameStop example, what we've seen is the pump has been born off the fact of I guess people getting together to try and achieve something with bringing down some hedge funds. Well, it's a manipulation, really. Yeah, it it is a manipulation. And there's supposed to be laws against manipulation as well. And um, in time, I think they'll revisit what's happening. At the time of recording, Phil, it actually looks like people have actually kind of going back for uh, a second go at the GameStop pump and dump strategy. I've spoken just about the pumping side. The dump is when the, the balloon is full of air and passing it on to. Some poor investor that thinks they're going to be part of it and get rich quick and dump your stock as quick as you can and get out. And to be honest, like it's worked out for some. I won't lie, it has worked out for some, but there's been a lot of terrible, catastrophic examples that we don't know of. They're not writing articles about these people that have lost catastrophic amounts of money from just buying in at the worst possible time. So I think in that article, Phil, I used a quote of Buffett's for the two rules of investing. You know, the first rule is never lose money. And the second rule is never forget the first rule. And what I want to show here is that the upside and the downside aren't equally weighted. If you're lucky enough to, in this example, I'll say put $1,000 into a stock and it goes up 75%, which GameStop did, give yourself a pat on the back. Great. You've made $750 off that 75%. But if your $1,000 investment goes down 75%, you don't need it to go back up 75% before you back up to evens. You need it to go back up 400%. So investing in volatility, it comes with significant risk, which that can be 
catastrophic for what your financial situation looks like over the next decade. So that's just an example of the dangers of investing in risky, volatile assets and what that can mean. Wow, they're, they're hardcore numbers there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's um what's a stonk? That's a word that's been thrown around a bit lately. Yeah, yeah, it has. It's all off the back of a meme that was created years ago. And this particular meme and this word has really grown legs. Popular stonks are companies that are mostly traded by retail investors, not institutional investors. They're often companies that you and I, Phil, we use a lot. They get these huge share price increases and often without any fundamental business catalyst behind why the share prices spike. So sometimes they're referred to stonks, sometimes they're referred to meme stocks, even story stocks sometimes. And there's a lot of money that have been flooding into these and Phil, to be honest, I think a lot of the biggest reason for it is a bit of FOMO. You know, they're brands that people understand, share prices going up, so people flood into it. And the likes of Elon Musk and Dave Portnoy have been tweeting specifically about the word stonks. And that's even fueled this even more and kind of made this investing approach. And I use the word investing approach loosely, but <laughs> advisedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of made it go viral. So. Who knows where it'll uh, end up, though? Well, it has um, got a lot of people interested in share markets, though, hasn't it? Because they were hearing so many stories. And of course, last year, there were so many more investors piling into stock markets because of the GameStop story and various other stories and stonks and the way things are being pumped and promoted on Twitter and other media platforms. Yeah. On one hand, it's been great that investing's been opened up to new people that previously couldn't access it for so many reasons. And We've probably, over the last 12 months with COVID, but even going back before that, seen two things play out. Over the last five years, we have seen the democratization of investing with technology providing ways for people to invest. And certainly, that's what we do at Six Park is we provide accessible investment solutions for people that previously couldn't afford professional investment advice. That's been playing out with technology getting better and better. But over the last 12 months, off the back of COVID, what we're seeing is a lot of people work from home, often with more time on their hands, and sometimes with more savings. Just going back to what we were talking about before with savings rates up and stimulus checks being deployed around the world. And if you combine both of these, it's kind of been some real tailwinds for a lot of people to get into investing. And on one hand, that's great. However, not everyone's really approaching it with the same strategy. Some are look, work, trying to work out how can they get rich quick and some are coming at it with a more sensible approach and they're building themselves globally diversified investment portfolios to grow over time. So um, there's a bit going on. So you mentioned Dave Portnoy before. Who is Dave Portnoy and what's his ETF all about? Yeah, so for those not familiar, he's the founder of a huge pop culture blog, Barstool Sports, which is certainly much more popular in the States than it is here in Australia. And Dave is incredibly charismatic. To be honest, he's hilarious. And his strength is he's an incredible marketer and he's an incredible salesman. And off the back of this stonks, meme stocks and all this, Dave's really kind of leveraged that to grow his brand even more and invented 
personas around Davy Day Trader where he uses Scrabble pieces to pick stocks. <laughs> Phil, don't get me wrong, you know, it is quite funny, but there are some people that can't differentiate between you know, humor and uh, actual investment philosophies. And maybe he's trying to keep that uh, confusion happening as well. Yeah. And in my reading and what I've come across, Dave, some of the quotes that he said about investing, where he was making a comparison with betting on sports gambling and how you can actually, you know, potentially lose all your money with sports gambling, but investing's all right because stocks always go up. I'm just shaking my head when I'm listening to that. No, that's not the case. You know, there are certainly a lot of companies that they may not go bankrupt, but, you know, you can lose a lot of value in the share market. Well, anyway, getting it back to what Dave Portnoy's done with this ETF that he came to market with recently is um, Van Eck is actually the provider. And Van Eck, I've got some great ETFs out there. So by no means am I bashing Van Eck because um, we actually use one of their great ones that allows six park clients to get exposure to the infrastructure market. But Van Eck recognized this brand that Dave is built in this community and this following. So they decided to kind of really leverage that and come out with an ETF called Buzz, B-U-Z-Z, which gives you a hint as to kind of the investment philosophy behind it. And what it does is all it does is screens and scrapes the companies that people are talking about in social media forums and online trading forums and invest in those companies. So they're kind of really leveraging that. When you kind of get a bit under the hood, you kind of see that there is a bit more to it than just that in that they've set some screens around that the minimum market cap needs to be at least $5 billion before they're going to invest in a company. And it's diversified over at least, I think, 75 companies or something like that. So ultimately, when you strip it back, there's a bit of an interesting story, but it's probably just going to go close to hugging the S&P index, and you'll probably pay a higher fee than you really need to. And that's the ETF, but it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Surely there'd be a conflict of interest, though, if Dave Portnoy is a a well-known stock pumper and that he would be posting on social media all the time, and that would have an effect on the price of the ETF. Yeah, Phil, it's been interesting to kind of watch the kind of the lack of compliance and that a lot of these celebrities are kind of being able to do with pumping up cryptocurrencies that they're attached to. So yeah, don't get me wrong. I think there is a chance that Dave does have a few conflicts, but he's not a professional. Yeah, He comes from a marketing, sales, blogging background, and he seems to be getting away with it for now. So well, let's have a look at the market at the moment. I mean, there's many commentators who are saying it seems very frothy at the moment, but then there's other commentators who are saying, well, no, that's um, reasonable value at the moment, and there's no reason that... Um, this kind of market frothiness can't go on for a bit longer. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's always an interesting question, you know, where are we at right now? And before I answer this question, Phil, I reckon there's kind of two types of listeners that are uh, kind of going to lean in a little right now to this conversation. Maybe it might even turn up the volume a little. And those two segments of the market are those that probably want to get into the market and are looking for some sign that now is the time to do it, or it's those people thinking about selling. And what I want to say here is there is never a sign where you get a flag that now is the time to invest. That just doesn't happen. And timing the market, whether you're trying to pick the top or the bottom, is incredibly hard, if not impossible. There's always some reason that people are buying 
and they're identifying an opportunity and there's some reason why some people are selling and they're recognizing the risk. So I apologize, Phil, a bit of a boring answer. Nicely dodged, Ted. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> our, our investment philosophy at Six Park and how we help our clients. We provide an end-to-end solution. So from the advice through to the investment management and I think this is important to speak about because, Phil, so many people just go straight in and decide, I want to invest, and they just go straight into investing. And the reality is not everyone's the same. We've all got to pass a sleep test at night. So what we do at Six Park is we provide everyone with a risk assessment that takes into account their investment horizon, their investment experience, and puts together a portfolio according to this. So if you're in your 20s or 30s and you're saving up for a property deposit to get into the housing market that you may need in three years, five years, whatever, you shouldn't be taking the same risk and looking at the same investment portfolios. Say if you're at the same age, but you're investing for your superannuation and your retirement. So that's important. At Six Part, we also diversify. Phil, a lot of what we've spoken about is stocks. We've even spoken about stonks, but that's just one asset class, be it Australian or international or emerging markets. But there's other asset classes too, which to be honest, aren't always exciting, but they can provide a level of resilience to your portfolio. I'm talking about things like infrastructure, bonds and fixed income, even having a portion in cash. And that too can provide a level of resilience because different assets go up and down at different stages of the business cycle. So for example, if you were investing for a home deposit in, say, five years' time, you'd probably want to have a large portion of your portfolio invested in defensive asset classes just to ensure that your portfolio is not as volatile as, say, your superannuation portfolio may be. So that's what we do at Six Park and our investment philosophy, as opposed to a lot of what we've spoken about is the story stocks and the mean stock and people that are looking for signs to get in and out of the market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Six Parkers taking a place between people who are completely DIY and putting their funds by themselves into ETFs and share market portfolios and getting full service advice from a financial advisor. You're kind of inhabiting that space somewhere in between, aren't you? Yeah. I think it's the best of both worlds in that it's using the best of technology to provide a solution that's accessible and affordable. So unlike the traditional advice model where often you may have to pay thousands of dollars to sit down with someone and receive a statement of advice, and that can mean that a lot of people can't afford that quality of service. And don't get me wrong, that level of service can be fantastic for someone, but it's just not accessible for a lot of people. So Six Park uses technology to keep that accessible and affordable, but there's a real human overlay that oversees your investments. And I just want to spend a moment here because the people behind that Six Park Investment Committee is chaired by Brian Watson, who um, sat on the board of Guardians for the Australian Government Future Fund, which I believe's 
now up to the vicinity of 170, 180 billion dollars. And he was a former chairman of J.P. Morgan. Lindsay Tanner, who listeners may be familiar with, is a former Minister of Finance for the Australian Government. And also Mark Nicholson joined the team a few years ago. He is a former co-CIO of the World Bank. And those gentlemen oversee Six Park's clients' portfolios. So to have an option where someone can start off an investment portfolio, say for $5,000, and pay just $9.95 a month, and have people of the caliber with a track record over decades looking over their portfolios. A service like that just didn't exist 10, 20 years ago. Financial advice can be really important for investors because you don't know everything right off when you're starting your investing journey. You've got to have some sort of help, some sort of coaching. It's like playing in a football team. You need a coach to show you the way forward. And this is where it's really important for a lot of people. I mean, people can learn about investing themselves, but it's going to take a long time. And sometimes having a service and having a financial planner and someone like Six Park can fast track this education as well, because there's a learning going on with it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Phil. First and foremost, when you receive advice, you want to make sure it's transparent and without any conflicts. And at Six Park, we're not aligned with anyone. We pick investments and exchange-traded funds, what we believe are the best to get exposure to that asset class. Another thing that you need to take into account is the fees that you pay, because compound returns can be fantastic, but the fees can really erode those compound returns year after year. So, importantly, keeping your fees low where you can. And just kind of going back to the role of an advisor and support and what that can do for someone, it is a bit like a coach. And often people, unfortunately, can be their own worst enemy. I think if we just used the last 12 months as a bit of an example for comparing a do-it-yourself person to someone that may have received a level of help. Well, when shit hit the fan in February and and March last year in 2020, a lot of people I'm aware of sold out at the worst possible time because of this fear for what may to come. Whereas if you have someone that can metaphorically hold your hand through the process and tell you about the fact that events like this do happen from time to time, and we do know that historically markets bounce back from this. Now, don't get me wrong, no one was expecting the market to bounce back as quickly as it did this year. But guiding clients through times of volatility and somewhat coaching them to not worry about trying to time the market, but regularly adding and contributing to their portfolio is what grows real wealth. And having that long-term goal in mind, as opposed to that day-to-day noise, which many DIY investors focus in on. Yes, you get uh, long-term investors who are sitting there looking at um, one-minute charts every moment of the day and selling when it goes down half a percent. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Why can't someone just set up their own portfolio, even basing it on Six Park's portfolios? Yeah, Phil, you're exactly right. You certainly can. And going back to what I mentioned before about transparency, we are transparent. So if someone wanted to do that, you can. You can go to our website, take the risk assessment, and we'll provide you with the asset allocation that has um, been suggested by our investment committee, and you'll probably even see the ETFs that we'll use anyway. However, you'll have to pay for your brokerage. You'll have to 
set up the accounts, the cash management account, the trading account. You'll have to put together your own tax reports. You'll have to rebalance your portfolio from time to time. And importantly, as we've touched on just before, when volatility comes, you won't have an experienced investment committee overseeing your portfolio, as I touched on. Yeah, holding your hand and saying, you know, okay, keep cool. It's going to be through like this. We've seen this in markets before. Your hands are on the wheel and it's up to you. And we think for accounts, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 paying around $9 a month, that's a very low fee to be able to get that experience overseeing your investment portfolio. You really want um, the investing process to be boring, don't you? How beautiful can boring be? Yeah, Phil, it's funny. Like Boring's normally something everyone wants to get as far away from as possible. But when it comes to investing, I think boring can be beautiful. Like It can be fantastic. When it comes to investing, what is boring? Well, it's not trying to time the market. It's spending time in the market. It's keeping fees low. It's diversifying. Yes, it might be exciting. It might be entertaining. Some of these stories that we see from time to time about people that have punted on a stock and they've got rich quick. The reality is those stories very rarely happen and what goes up can go down too. So I think to kind of bring it back, take the noise and the excitement out of it, boring can be absolutely beautiful when it comes to investing. Before we went on air, we were talking about some of the portfolios that uh, Six Park have and use, and you were mentioning now that you've got a sustainable portfolio as well because obviously you've had a lot of people asking and wanting this kind of investment. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we've received feedback for quite a while that a lot of clients and new clients really want this, and we took that feedback on. So at the end of last year, we came to market with our sustainable portfolios. It provides exposure to companies with the sustainable, the ethical, and the governance components to them, and often screens out things like gambling stocks, possibly mining stocks that have exposures into certain industries. And Phil, I'm so proud to say of how well received these portfolios have been since we came to market with them in December. Approximately one in three new clients is signing up and electing for sustainable portfolios. They're certainly not for everyone, but what we have built is if people want to align they're investing with their own views, we can provide that functionality and that's available too. You and I are in the privileged position where we can talk to some great investing people, some great minds. Have you had a guest recently and learned something that you didn't know beforehand from? Oh, Phil, I'm not so arrogant to think that I know it all. I, I learn new things every day, but you're exactly right. I do reach out to people on my podcast that I think can provide listeners with some real life skills that they can take away to make themselves better investors or make more informed decisions. The one that comes to mind would probably be my all-time favorite financial journalist, and that is a gentleman by the name of Morgan Housel. He's just so impressive when it comes to making the complex simple. He's got a new book out, called The Psychology of Money. And I highly encourage listeners to go out there and buy it purely for the amount of knowledge bombs that he drops within this book. It is so good. And 
I got to sit down with Morgan for 45 minutes. He's based in Seattle in the US and how clearly he can communicate about investing and risk and returns and stripping it back to what's important for people to focus in on is so important. And um, he's the one that comes straight to mind about someone that I learned a lot off. So I encourage um, listeners to check him out. Oh, and I'm going to be straight onto it and try and get him onto shares for beginners as well. <laughs> so we've got an AFL season coming up. Who are you tipping? How do you think the Rabbitohs are going to go? Well, Phil, you, 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 you're mixing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional. Sorry, I'm in Sydney and you're in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, um, I've got no idea of the NRL. With the AFL, once again, I'm going to steer clear of, of making a call. Partially, I... I do like the Saints because they've been so deprived of success for so long and it looks like they're possibly making their way up the top of the ladder. But, Phil, to be honest, what I like more is the fact that after the season and the year we had last year in 2020, there's no guarantees, but it does excite me that we're possibly going to have crowds return to games. I live in Melbourne, the heart of AFL that home games are going to return to the MCG and back down here as opposed to you know, pretty much every game being in Queensland there for a while. and That must have torn your heart out. Oh, it did. It was, you know, with all the things going on though, to be honest, Phil, you know, football was the least of my worries. But the fact that the AFL was able to get a season going was great on, in so many ways because it provided a, a level of normality for people that they could go into their lounge rooms and chuck the TV on with so many other stressful things going on in people's lives. But part of me would love to say that the Swans are going to have a great year in 2021. But unfortunately, I think it's going to need to be another building year for them. And go south. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the rabbit eyes. Phil, uh, well, I do hear that the Storm in the NRL are still the team to beat, so uh, we'll have to see how they go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's been great talking to you, Ted. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast again. Uh, anytime, Phil. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Shares for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. Thanks to Christopher Soulos for music production with that special Greekalicious flavour. Remember, music always flows, even when the money won't. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 